this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theaters Friday. Get tickets now. Timothy Dunphy has a broken home, a three-legged dog. It's that mangy flea bag out of this house. And two strikes against him. Oh. You hit a parked cop car. Oh. But he's about to get a future, whether he likes it or not. What's a prep school? It's to prepare you for not getting your neck broke by me. No smoking, no drinking, no drugs. No swearing, no sex. It's beautiful. Just what I always wanted. Yeah, I got it at the dentist. From the Farrelly Brothers, the guys who made There's Something About Mary, comes something that will really make your hair stand on end. Making out is like Chinese dinner. It ain't over until you both get your cookies. So, remember I said that. Outside Providence. Wait, privilege! Welcome to Recap and Gown, the podcast where four old millennials talk about the high school and college movies from back in the day when we were high school and college students to find out what made the grade and what should have been held back. Representing the class of 03, I'm your co-host Crooks. Joining me this week and every week, he sings like an angel and drinks like a fish, the class of 04's own Big Hearn, David Oscar Hernandez. What up, Dave? Not much, man. Ready to drop my eyes and pack my car on Harvard Yard with this one. Can't wait. Psyched. That's an accent I can't do, so I won't try one. Yeah. But uh, that was pretty impressive there. I, I, I believe you're some kind of a chowder head. And you just take uh, John F. Kennedy's and, you know, just, I don't know, whatever. <laughs> Doing a real uh, Diamond Joe Quimby over here at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. After. Also, yeah. joining us in the class of 03, she is one half of our very own Texas two-step, the one and only big sis, Megan Mills. What up, Megan? Hey, guys. Um as I mentioned earlier, I've been sitting in the exact same chair for 12 hours. So mm-hmm. yeah, super pumped to be um, actually, you know, talking about something uh, a little bit outside the box here with this one. It is that. Uh, wherever the box is, this is not fucking in it. Um, rounding out the two-step, this podcast chief zoology and trivia correspondent from the class of 01, Dana Griffin. What up, Dana? Um, not much. Um, I feel at some point there'll be like apologies from me. You owe us all of us. Yeah, right Um, now. Right now. Go ahead and start. Yeah. Um, I'll be Venmoing the rest of the co host the cost. I'll never forgive you for this. Oh my God. Well, listen, uh, I, I don't, I don't think Dave's accent necessarily gave it away. And, um, this is a movie that, uh, I don't know who's heard of it. So Dana, what movie are we talking about this week? Where can we find it? And what is it about? Sure. I think like um, Dave could have also just recited the whole movie and no one would have known. Mm-hmm. <laughs> accurate. So, Goddamn um, accurate. We are watching the film from uh, 1999, Outside Providence. 
Um, it is rentable in all the usual spots because why would anybody want to provide this to people for free as part of their streaming service? <laughs> I can't imagine. Um, but, no one's looking for this. Yeah, I got it on Amazon TV Plus. You can probably get it on, oh no, Apple TV Plus, mm. Amazon Prime, Google go. Play, probably Voodoo, Hoodoo, I don't probably know. Probably on Crackle. Yeah, it's, it might be I free wish on Crackle. that it would yeah. be free. Yeah, it would have been free on Crackle. It's true. <laughs> Crackle true. doesn't even want this movie. Nobody wants um, it. Sorry, I feel like I'm getting ahead of ourselves before we give it a grade. <laughs> but um, I will read the synopsis because this will probably be the only time people understand what's going on in this movie. Um, from Rotten Tomatoes, so I went with with the you know the the main folks here in reviews. Um, in this coming of age comedy, is it? That's Hmm, that's a stretch. I laughed Word. like three times. Word. Three times. Did, what? In the beginning. Three, three times. Yeah. There, um, there were a couple things that were kind of funny. In this coming of age comedy, Tim Dunphy is leading a go nowhere existence, spending his days smoking pot and hanging out with his best friend, Drugs Delaney. But Tim's lazy days of getting high are jettisoned after a brush with the law convinces his blue collar dad to send him to a Connecticut prep school. The one saving grace at the new school is Jane, a fellow student Tim falls for immediately. Drugs. Jesus Drugs. comedy, my ass. <laughs> <laughs> like, I've, I know coming of age comedies, this ain't that. Uh, more or less, that's what happens in this movie. I think we'll get into like, why it was such a mixed bag. We can mm-hmm. offer I hope I have ideas on like maybe we can say like what they could have improved but yeah so basically this kid is like oh we forgot to mention the biggest part of this that you need to know is it's set in 1975 want to make sure we get that out ahead of time so yeah so just keep in mind it's the mid-70s um mm-hmm. Dave's accent were outside of Providence Rhode Island so remember, mm-hmm. we're in the uh, New England region of the country. Kids a stoner, goes to a private school. There's a girl. Those are the key things one needs to know. Whole fucking that's movie. It. Yep, that's it. <laughs> Everything else is just things that happen. So before we kind of get into um, some memories of this movie and uh, give our grades, Megan, do you want to quick give a rundown of who is in this? Yeah, certainly. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to start off with a a last name that I'm definitely not going to pronounce correctly. Um, Sean Hattosi. I think it's Hattosi. Yeah. Okay. Hattosi, Hattosi. Hattosi. Either way. Hattosi. Either way. Okay. It's, it's spelled Hattosi. Okay. Um, well, Sean Hattosi plays Tim Dunphy. Timmy, or Tommy Bone, which do, they don't even have a picture. Um, play, play Jackie <laughs> Dunphy. A of those. Yeah. Jackie, uh, Tim's little brother. Samantha Levine plays Klops which I have no idea who that is. Who is Klops? I have no idea. Um, why are they so up high in this list? Uh, Jonathan Brandis plays Mousy. Oh, was this R. his R. last R. role? No, I think he had a couple. death, right? Was this like post-start? Was it Sequest or what, what, he was what, in, what um, that TV show he was on? I think um, it was Sequest. I want to call it C-Lab, but it wasn't C-Lab 2021. That was a cartoon. Uh, Sequest 2032. Oh, okay. All right. I I was just such a big Sidekicks fan. I don't know why I liked watching that movie so much, but rest in peace. Yeah. So sad. Rest in peace. That was a great fucking movie, Sidekicks. Yeah. Oh well. Um. 
on that note, um, <laughs> Adam Lavornia plays Tommy the Wire. I have no who idea. Who is who that Tommy is. the Wire? <laughs> no idea. <laughs> like, who these guys are? Dude, we watched the same movie, not sure. Um, Jesse Leach is Descends with a Z. I think these are all of his Pawtucket buddies that we they never give, hear their names. names. Right. We never hear okay. their names, except okay. for the next gentleman. Yeah. yeah. John Abrams plays Drugs Delaney. Mm-hmm. Uh, drugs. Drugs, yep. Good good trick secret nickname. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, <laughs> um Alec Baldwin, which was this That's his first movie? Yeah. Was this his, <laughs> like why was he in this? He plays old man Dumphy, which I feel like he at least should have had a name. He had on like um, one of those like mechanic style shirts mm-hmm. with a name patch on it said Pat at one point. But I don't know if that was his name or just like the name on the shirt. They That's never true. say his name in the movie. No, when you work at that garage, you inherit the shirt from the previous guy. <laughs> so it could have been We're all Pat, Pat 1 or Pat 2. Okay. <laughs> well, old man then it is. Which yeah. uh-huh. he, like at this during this movie not old but whatever no um richard jenkins plays barney i think he's one of the oh yeah he's one of the guys old man dumpy's friends yeah oh yeah the poker buddies yeah Uh, so we know richard jenkins um so there's actually there's some people in this movie uh mike cerrone sure okay (laughs) plays kavich again kavich kavich okay george went is in the movie um, George Wendt is in this movie. Yeah, he plays, he plays Joey. Um, yeah. yeah, we're gonna are we gonna get into him later? Yes, ah, I have it. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Right. then yes, I won't spill the beans. All right. Uh, Robert Toronto plays Fran. Kristen Shorten, another one where we don't have a picture, plays Bunny Coat. And Cody. Cody. Oh, Cody. Okay, really. Yeah. Um, Timothy Crow plays Mr. Funderburk. And Megan Duffy plays Nanny Heidi. Again, 90% of the people I just listed off have no idea who they are in the movie. Wait, I think they were say, naming extras at that point. Did it even say Amy Smart? You didn't no. know say Amy Smart. Where, where it's on the from? next page. So like, <laughs> they did this. The female in order of appearance. The next page. I'm guessing it's in order of appearance. Yeah, IMDB did this in order of appearance. Oh my god. So yeah. my god. She didn't come until like she was like the last new introduced person. I would well, say. Well, Amy Smart's in it. Well, Amy Smart's in it. Listeners, Amy Smart's in it. Amy Smart. Yeah. Yeah. Smart. Yeah. There's some other people in it that I didn't mention, but she's the only one. It's I mean, worth it's fine. We could go on listen, forever with these nobodies. I, I didn't recognize fucking anybody in this except for Alex baldwin and amy smart so this is where we are you didn't Let's, recognize george went cheers oh i didn't okay yeah i didn't recognize george went that's true I and richard jenkins oh, who is that richard jenkins what? he was the dad in uh stepbrothers yeah haven't seen that in a very, very long time every million other movies yeah he's yeah. like the dad he's, in all the movies. he's a real that guy if you see a picture of him you're like oh, oh. that guy uh, maybe mm-hmm. I'll do it for the IMDb deep dive. I'm torn. So maybe I'll get to know him. Who could say? You've got unlimited choices because I didn't know anybody <laughs> in this movie. <laughs> so you can just, just pick a name at random at this point. Um, let's let's quick go around the horn here and give some memories of uh, the first time we saw this movie. Dana, this was your pick. Uh, what are your memories and why did you make us watch this? Um, so... I uh, I watched this in college, I think a lot. I, I honestly, I was like trying to rock my brain after I watched it going like, why did we watch this in college all the time? 
Um, I don't know if it was just like on Comedy Central in the early aughts or... Comedy Central. I think it was. I think it was. <laughs> no laugh per hour movie? Comedy yeah. Central. Or like, so one of my like friends and teammates, um, we saw her parents like a lot. They would come to feel like games or just like visit. And I think they would just always like also give her a care package. And I think they would just include like random DVDs that they found or that like bought. Right. So I think it's like my friend's parents like gave this to us and like, you know, you only have so many movie options. We would spend like, we couldn't go out all the time because we were playing like Feel Lucky in the Fall. So I think we would just like put this movie on and like not pay attention. Um, so yeah, I, I thought I enjoyed this movie and I thought it was funny or fun <laughs> or something. And then I, um, I won't get ahead of myself, but yeah. So yeah. that's, we, we watched it because I used to watch it in college all the time. I don't know. Oh, okay. Well, at least that's that's a reason. Uh, Dave, memories of this beforehand? Uh, kind of weird. I think it may have had a decent advertising budget at some point because I remember oh. two parts of this movie so clearly when they happened, but I never really? actually saw the movie. Um, his line about uh, um, what was it say? Oh, uh, the Chinese dinner. Uh, oh. Yeah. It's not over till you both get your cookies. Uh-huh. I was like, that, for whatever reason, <laughs> right up here. Wow. So they did something right there. And when uh, that kid, uh, Jizz, with the, with the darkness face, comes in and yes. says, pull it out, pull it out. Yeah. I don't know why. That stuff stuck, but never saw the movie. I don't so know if it listeners... was in a trailer somewhere or if, it was a, if they were showing it as like a preview on Comedy Central. Couldn't tell you. Listeners, for the sake of clarity, yes, a character named Jizz did have a dart in his face in this film. Yeah, sorry, I didn't get to them in the cast. It's fine, man. It was, it was like on the third page and I was tired. Another big role that was not featured in the IMDb. Um, big sis, did you have memories of this or uh, had you ever seen it before? Nope. First timer. Okay. Uh, that makes two of us. I had never seen this movie, never heard of it. Um, literally did not know it existed before Dana suggested it. So uh, three of us or two of us are completely in the dark. And Dave, for some reason, <laughs> knew a couple of scenes. Uh, probably an old brain injury that's coming back. He's <laughs> like, oh, that, that definitely happened. Oh, my God. I don't know. Okay. Uh, so Dana, as an adult having seen this with fresh eyes a little bit here, did this make the grade for you or should they have held it back? Um, I think there are areas of improvement. Um, <laughs> what? So and it, it'll come up in our discussion why I think they could have made some changes, but uh, make the grade or get held back. Um, I'm going to say it needs to try again. So I'm going to say we're, we're holding it back. I was, I'm very apologetic. I'm very sorry. <laughs> That's that's, that's that's fair, I would say. Um, Dave, did this make the grade for you or should they have held it back? I were like two or three laughs. Um, it just kind of <laughs> lumbered along. It, it didn't really <laughs> flow. And uh, I, I don't really know. They, 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 they tried to evoke some emotion with that Alec Baldwin stuff when they were at the bar. It's like, oh. tell me about stuff. I don't want to get too much into it. So we'll get there. I, I didn't care. I I, I didn't care. Mm. Um, so mm. no, did not make the grade. <laughs> Big sis, are we gonna make it three for three? Um. Yeah. So I think I was 
Dave, to your point, I was more concerned about what was happening with the other martini that they didn't drink at the bar than the actual bond- bonding. I was like, that looks good. Why would you let that, let that go? Um, yeah, I mean, if it was a short film of 15 minutes, I think you could have, could have been great. Like, I think you could have jammed it all good in. God. <laughs> in 15 minutes, maybe 30. Um, but it was a real painful watch. And I'm, and I'm going to have to say, like, there were some bones there that could have, you know, some other directors, some other writers, some other actors <laughs> made it better. But <laughs> I'm going to say it did not make the grade. You guys, it's fucking unanimous here. This gets held way back for me. Um, I didn't get, like, mad watching it, um, which, you know, that's nice. But I did not know what to make of it. Um, before Rotten Tomatoes told me, I did not know this was a comedy. Uh, it might be like a drama, like a really heavy drama with a couple of moments of levity that felt kind of out of place. Um, I'm not really sure what this movie is. It just kind of felt like a handful of scenes kind of stitched together. I'm going to actually go the opposite of Megan here. I think this could have been fine as a TV show. Like, they they started telling a whole lot of stories and didn't really complete a lot of them. And so much of this movie is told via, like, montage. I think if you make this, like, a 12-episode a TV show and give some of this stuff some room to breathe and some, you know, establish some kind of depth to the characters and some you know emotional heft it could have been all right but uh they didn't do that so you know if i hear you go through the characters and don't know any of them after watching this movie two damn days ago then uh i gotta hold this back and i guess more accurately this it's like an incomplete for me it feels like they started a movie and then just rolled credits and it's like uh, we're done i suppose here so yeah i this is not a good movie and uh kind of mad at dana right now um, before we get into the recap portion, does anybody have any fun facts? Um, I'll rattle some off that I, again, I think these, <laughs> this will explain why this movie maybe not, was not what we had hoped. Um, not the first one. So the first fact is, uh, it was written by Peter Fairley of the Fairley brothers, and it was inspired by his time at Kent school, which I'm assuming is a private school somewhere in New England. Mm. Um, also, so Fairly Brothers of Dumb and Dumber, uh, There's Something About Mary fame, uh, Stuck on You, Me, Myself, and Irene, I'm assuming. Yes, all those yeah. hilarious, right. you know, Jim Carrey movies. Um, they wound up disowning this film because they did write it um, after Harvey Weinstein. Uh, yeah, so mm-hmm. this is... Hmm. What did um, he do? What did he do? This, this movie is the worst thing Harvey Weinstein ever did. <laughs> oh my God. Um, Harvey insisted on numerous changes from the source material and then recut the film in order to make it closer to their, it's always, or try to make it more similar to there's something about Mary rather than the coming of age tale the original story was, and that because of that, the film was a flop with critics and audience and has been more or less forgotten, except yeah. for by me. But it also didn't feel like there's something about Mary. <laughs> yeah, it didn't know. do it. It, it missed all of the marks. Yeah, yeah. Did. yeah, Roger Ebert said uh, one and a half stars, and he did not pull <laughs> Too many stars. punches. Um, quote, so unsuccessful in so many different ways that maybe the whole project was doomed. Badly written severely miscast outside providence no doubt embodies many memories that are sacred to the Fairley brothers but in this form 
it might prudently have been left unmade. <laughs> and that was worth one and a half. So Wait, so what does a 0.5 star rating get? I guess one, right. is like, <laughs> one is reserved for the worst. Like, this is a movie. It's over 75 minutes. It, it meets all the requirements. <laughs> I, I don't even know if it, it has to be over like 65 minutes or whatever the yeah, requirements are. The, yeah. It meets the basic requirements of being a movie and you can watch it places. Yeah. God. Yeah. So you just, get one and a half. Ugh. You get the half star for the rest. Yeah. And you know what? I think the casting in a lot of these places is actually okay. That wasn't even my beef with it. I'm like, the casting, eh, it's fine. A kid that played jizz looks like jizz. All right. That, that works for me. Mm. I just thought that, yeah. The, the, and even the acting, I think, was all right. It's just, I don't know what this movie was. And that was my problem with it. But, uh, so we should discuss Christ. that. But I think it's yeah. definitely like they were trying to do something heartfelt. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you could like see it in the movie. I think when they say that like Harvey recut stuff, because you could definitely see a lot of the same outdoor. Everything took place outside. I think that's yeah. already There's mentioned. like two sets. <laughs> and they just like kept using it over. And I'm like, why is it still fall? Like that was in my notes. Like yep. it never, it was yep. fall from september through june it was fall yeah. like they just kept reusing things so i think that explains it like yeah they have a montage near the end of the movie that's just the same montage from earlier from like 40 minutes earlier in the movie it's the same exact like you couldn't even take like different takes of the same shot it's the exact same shot you already have in the movie yeah woof yeah. so woof i think you know that's enough of the those facts were fun mm-hmm. <laughs> those were facts yeah um, so we can get into it. Yeah, um, I didn't want to start with all of the major, because I like, I have a lot of questions and I'm going to propose <laughs> a lot of things to you guys. Um, mm-hmm. But I think the thing that I wanted to start with first, since it was mentioned in the Rotten Tomatoes review, and we eventually mentioned her appearance in this film, um, we'll start with Love at First Semester. So Tim, who we have yet to actually um, use the name that he's referred to quite frequently in the movie. Um, <laughs> Alec Baldwin, his father, also calls him Dildo most of the time. <laughs> Please, all of the time. <laughs> only, funny. It's a joke. Dildo it's a joke. is the only thing he ever calls him. Uh, Correct. So Dildo and Jane um, <laughs> fall in God. love. So this is where we're going to start because this is like pivotal to the film. Um, do we care? Do we know why? Like, what are, what are our Man. thoughts on Tim and Jane as a couple? Well, first of all, saying dildo and Jane makes it sound so much funnier <laughs> than anything in this movie was. Me, dildo, you, now Jane. Now it's a comedy. Now it's right. a comedy. And now it's a comedy with dildo yeah. and Jane. Hilarious. Um, Hilarious. I didn't give a damn about this no. relationship. It didn't make any sense to me. They, they set Jane up in the very first shot that we see her as, like, the prettiest, most popular girl in school. And like right away established that Tim doesn't have a shot. And then he goes to the laundromat with her, walks home with her from the laundromat once. They smoke some weed and they are immediately a serious couple. Like there's no courting. It's just we got high one time, relationship montage. Now we're in love. Yeah. Hmm. I think she gave him a ride home when he was hitchhiking, I think was their yes. first interaction. And yes. yeah, then he stalked her to the laundromat. And now, well, we're, now we're in love. Their first interaction was him throwing her frisbee away, um, mm. and yeah. he he can't throw a frisbee. Which brother same? I can't throw a frisbee either. It's it goes sideways every fucking time. But yeah, so after that, her parents pick him up hitchhiking, which is a very key part of this movie. They fucking hitchhike everywhere, 
And he puts rum in her Coke, which was like a fun surprise for them on the drive from, I don't know why they were in Providence when they picked him up, but whatever. He's visiting Brown. Oh, was she visiting Brown then? Mm-hmm. Okay. That's, thank you for making some sense out of something in this fucking movie. You're welcome. Well, there you go. Um, so yeah, I, I don't, I don't know what she sees in him and um, bad I don't boy. Really know from the other side of the not tracks. that bad. He's poor. Like, from not bad. I don't, then I have no idea. I don't know what they were trying to do here. Though. I, they did not explain that at all. I, yeah. So I think there might be a little bit of like the 1970s culture that we're like maybe missing in terms of some of these things. Like, I sure am. I, 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 like, I do think that it was like the time where, you know, like the 50s sort of rigid kind of like this is where you, how you grew up in the East Coast meets like all the, you know, the drugs and kind of like the rock and roll. And so, I'm wondering, even if it doesn't look bad now, like he's a bad guy now, like the fact that he like even smoked pot or even like, you know, came from a family who like made him hitchhike. Like was he more seen as like a hippie and kind of like, you know, something more interesting than her like very bland vanilla life? I mean, he definitely seems more interesting than I'm sure most of the guys that her parents would pick out for her, which I could understand her hooking up with him. But the movie really could have shown us any of that. Hey, hey, put a pin it, in that, please. Okay. Pin. We're going to get to some of that. A pin um, in it. Put a pin in it. But yes, so yeah, I agree. I think there are questions I'm going to ask in a moment. Um, but yeah, like they don't show us a lot. Um, sorry, I didn't want to cut you off, but I didn't want to do it. It's, fine. Far. it's um, fine. But yeah, like, I, yeah, I don't think we know enough. And I'll ask you guys some questions about that. But then there's also a plot line where she... So this is, I asked this question and then I realized I answered it a moment ago where like the reason she runs into him on the first hitchhiking thing is because she's looking at Brown, but I feel like she seemed uncertain. Do we think she applies to Brown just to be near Tim because he's from Pawtucket, which is close to Providence? Yeah. Hmm. I didn't think it like watching the movie, but probably yeah. Because like in that car ride, it seems like her parents and she want to go to Dartmouth. Like, that was the school we talked about in that car ride. Um, and even though, you know, brown is an ivy, um, mm-hmm. it's a lesser ivy. It's the littlest ivy. ivy. It's the tiny ivy. <laughs> right. Beedy, beedy, baby ivy. Beedy, beedy. Guys, who are we to talk? I went to a state school. Um, As the sibling of Ivy League graduates, I'm going to talk some shit. Um, <laughs> this is good. Yes. The weakest bring, of the ivy. Bring it on. Um, but, like, I... Yeah, I don't, I don't, the, the way that he talks about it is like, she's worked her whole life to go to Brown. And I'm like, we never heard her mention Brown once before she met your raggedy ass. Yeah. I think she just wanted to go to a good school. I, I doubt Brown was the only school she applied to. Probably I, I to a bunch of schools. But then Brown comes way. up and, and then they're kind of getting hot and heavy. It's like, yeah, Brown. Yeah. Providence. Cool. Brown. Yeah. I don't know about that. Yeah, it was, okay. it was, it was pretty hot. It was pretty heavy. Pretty hot. <laughs> no, it was more like Slow and empty, man. Uh, no, like what? slow and light. Medi- mediocre, or like what's mediocre. a what's a mid, like what's uh, a a mid like warmth level? Slow and lukewarm. Yeah, okay. lukewarm. Yes. Room, exactly. room temperature. Tepid. Oh, um, <laughs> Yikes. Uh, well, I think now we've had enough of dildo and Jane. Um, oh, we'll get God. on to 
I think this is going to be like the uh, like two hearts of this episode. And I think it's going to be some plot questions and then what's your problem? But we're going to start with plot questions. A new segment I've come up with during my episodes. Just Let's questions. make sense of this piece of shit. <laughs> um, okay. So this is a minor one. Hopefully we can get through this quickly. When we were first uh, introduced to Cornwall, um, was it immediately apparent to you guys that this was a co-ed school. Mm-mm. Were nope. you surprised when Jane just like pops up? Oh, she's the coolest girl at school. And I'm like, I'm Man. pretty sure I saw mm. nothing but boys in a whole assembly with nothing but men. So I just thought that was fucking dumbfounded. Dumb. No, it's because there's two schools. So sure. it's not a co-ed school. It's, it's, there's a boys. Tell us that. There's a Cornwall. Well, you you probably missed it. It was like five seconds where she where she's getting kicked out, and they show the sign for Cornwall School oh, for I Girls. After versus Cornwall School for Bo- yeah, but we yes. we obviously did did not know I, that that just across the quad, or <laughs> like a little up the road, is the girls' school compared to the boys' school. I think that that is very common in like prep schools in um, like it, it, in the Northeast. So like probably tell like, us that. Would you do a whole that? assembly that is separate from like I think it's yeah. one thing for the dorms and stuff, but then to do like men, we're just gonna sit here and I'm gonna like I just don't maybe in the seventies it was. I well, don't know, here's here's what did it for me. One of the rules because I, I wrote down all the rules that Thunderbird gave because I was thinking, oh, this is gonna be important later on. Nope, but I wrote them all down, and one of them is no girls. So like, I in my mind it's like okay, there are no women anywhere nearby. So to get a girl here, you have to like jump through a bunch of hoops and it'd be very strange to see a girl on campus. They're, they're everywhere eventually. There's none. And then there's just girls that are just walking around with the dudes in class together with them. I, I, I understand the sign said Cornwall School for Boys and there was a Cornwall School for Girls. But like, I just, I don't know what to make of any of this. It just seems so haphazard. It's a minor thing, but it bothered me. Um, yeah. And then one other thing, just because you mentioned the rules, there was one rule where like, you can't shower after dinner. I'm like, what happened? I'm like, why? <laughs> <laughs> Somebody did something that had to make this rule. Yeah. That just seemed like a weird one. Okay, so more Cornwall questions. We know Tim is like a pothead, like doesn't really pay attention, or I guess we eventually know he doesn't pay attention in school very much. He is completely bewildered by very basic um, questions. Do we think he really would have entered Cornwall as a senior? Like, do we really believe they'd be like, ah, yes, you're at the same level of capacity as people who've been here their whole entire lives? Yeah, I definitely question this uh, corruption-based scheme that they figured out to keep him out of juvie. That's what happened. He's so corrupt in general. Yeah, it's like, well, yeah, my uh, friend here knows the judge, so we're going to figure this out. We're going to send you to a private school two hours away in a different state. What? I I, I didn't, okay, okay. I don't know how the school works. Um, Like, did Kavich fabricate a transcript to also get him in? I... At a minimum, I could see him entering as a senior. Your senior age, you would be a senior at whatever, you know, rundown school you go to, Buddy Cianci High School in Providence. You would have been a senior there. Uh, deep cut. If you guys know Buddy Cianci, like the actual person, that dude, what a fucking life he lived. But um, you would think like a week into school, the teachers would all go like, you can't read. Like, you should, you should not. <laughs> 
you should not be a senior at this school academic probation at a minimum but i yeah. Yeah, i don't think he would have stayed a senior yeah because that's like this sounds bad but the school i used to work at like sometimes if you came from public schools certain kids would be like all right you got to redo that grade that you just completed because like you're not at our level Sorry, pal. So, <laughs> and then so you're right i didn't put this as a big point here but kavich just you know <laughs> card playing kavich who like says he knows somebody card, card playing bigot kavich <laughs> 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 Gets them into your, the school in another city or state, even. How did they pay for this? Like, it just seems that like is, so. Yes. Yeah. So that's what they. baby. accurate this time. No, it's. Yeah, well, he said he was. He claims to be connected, but he works for the something. He works for something. Cars. Right? He yeah, cars. Yeah, he's a, he's a yeah. Used, used car salesman. Same he thing. Looks at, same thing as being connected, I, I guess. Yeah. It's. That that part just didn't make any sense. Like just because he he knew the judge, the judge was able to figure this out, and there's like some kind of slush fund to send kids to private school instead of sending them to juvie. Just Rhode yeah. Island's got that kind of money. Because because like I would have, <laughs> I would have, I would have answered your question, Dana. Like you have to pay to go to a private school, huh? so you're gonna pay to especially get especially this in, one's room and board too right, in senior year. But then like my biggest question was like, how is he? paying to be there yeah it just seemed like a very interesting like criminal divergent program is you get to go to a swanky private school in fucking connecticut i'm like can i get that like okay like that just seems like interesting white privilege no i don't we don't need to do that but i sentence you to a fancy private school where everyone else is going to an ivy league college yes enjoy your education well you know they do say that one guy billy Fu. so this transitions to my next theme (laughs) Um, his, you know, I can't remember if he said Billy Fu was from the Middle East or he's from Middle, the East. Middle, Middle East. East I, I but his name so. is Billy Fu. I don't. Was okay, that his that name? Was, yeah. <laughs> or, yes. Could, they I, just. They definitely. I understand most of the dialogue in this movie. We we could speculate <laughs> on his origin. <laughs> I don't. De- they definitely know. said Middle East, and I was like, "What? Like, is that the way that they?" said it i was like is that how we refer to people from that i, I, I mean maybe then they didn't call him an arab but i mean then that's that's kind of where they were going with that it could have been like a reason he had the best weed like billy al Farouk or something okay uh, maybe, okay, maybe. Uh, i don't maybe. know sure. Just a, i think it's a nickname um, <laughs> okay that's fair so billy foo's dad paid like five million dollars to get him in so yes to me that makes sense that's what we see it's the jared kushner's of the world let me give uh-huh. you a cup of mill to let my kid into the school that i'm okay no not want to say i'm okay with but um but it's okay that's the paying for it but now other things that i wanted to discuss because we did mention it that there's like a lot going on in this movie there are like four i don't know i would call them just locations segments i don't know how we want to describe it but there's his like home life and family. So his little brother in the wheelchair, Jackie, yeah. uh, old man Dumpty, who just played by Alec Baldwin, who just calls him Dildo all the time, Always. and just doesn't really seem to care that much about him. And then we find out later, we, we like find out his mom's not around. We don't really know what's up. God. Eventually, we find out she's dead, and then eventually we find out it's because she killed herself. Man, when Alec Baldwin was about to divorce her, so like Man. that's a whole thing. On top of the fact that he needs to go to this private school in Connecticut because he had a run-in with the law. What's that? Fully thinking? unnecessary. 
Unbelievable. Fully unnecessary. After that scene where they're shooting all the Christmas ornaments, and then they're like, yeah, let's, and then we find out, I'm like, okay, that's because that made no sense. Is is that something you guys, when you guys got BB guns when you were kids? That's, I didn't get a BB sh- gun. Okay. I'm not when I got a BB gun, house. I did not shoot the ornaments. Did not that was glass everywhere. Ornaments. And, and my mother likes to keep those from year to year and not shoot sure. them. Um, Unless it was super the cheap back then. I don't know. Wait, but I have a question about. Was Alec Baldwin just playing a Saturday Night Live character during this whole? Pretty much. I think he was still an actor, but to me, I was like, ah, oh, it's the early days of The Departed. Like he was getting ready. <laughs> Martin Scorsese saw this and was like, we gotta get Alec for The Departed. Uh, um, the the Alec Baldwin Departed character. That you want to talk about dropping some eyes? He does a great it, job dropping it, some eyes in that one. So good. You want to talk range? This was the same time he was playing. Uh, on SNL, like the Canteen Boy sketch, <laughs> right at the same time. So yes. that's this dude had fucking range. Oof. Um, yeah. Now, there's a movie. Speaking of the, the suicide that comes out of nowhere, there's a movie that I'm gonna drop here and see if you guys ever heard of it because I'm not sure that anyone has. Um, it's called Remember Me. Anybody seen that movie? Yes. Okay. Do you remember the twist at the end of that movie? Okay, the movie's terrible. It's trash. It's just like a, it's a, it's a YA like romance kind of a sappy bullshit movie. Wasn't it with um? It's Robert Robert Pattinson. Pattinson. Yeah, yeah. I just pulled it up. Yes, the very last thing you see in the movie, and it's completely unconnected from anything else, is the teacher like writes on the board. Okay, it's September eleventh, two thousand one, and it's like, oh, so the the very last thing we're gonna throw in here is like a nine eleven. Your parents are gonna die at the end of this movie thing. That's how this thing felt for me. This suicide was so unnecessary. Came out of goddamn nowhere. No one was thinking about his mom at all. And so, yeah, uh, Dana's face says it all. Remember me is offensive. <laughs> like, it's unnecessary. It adds nothing to the plot. It's just like a necessary Will heartstring tug. Remember me. Listen, there's a shaking dog. Do, 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 do. Yeah, there's dogs sitting outside in the winter storms. Yeah, it's just, this was, it was the same thing. It came out of nowhere. And I'm like, all right. Uh, why are we doing any of this? And I yeah. would have thought a good no movie, well, a good movie would have been like, okay, now that we've had this big kind of cathartic scene between father and son, now your relationship is going to grow from this. He's going to drive you back to school. No. Next morning, he is sitting there in his underpants watching TV as his son is like, well, I guess I'll just hitchhike back up to college or back up to prep school again here. Eating ice cream in the morning yes. on the couch. Ice, yeah. Breakfast ice cream in his underwear. It's got no artificial preservatives in it. It's supposed to be good. You want some for yourself. Yeah, hence why I asked, is he playing a Saturday Night Live character? <laughs> it was, so that, oh so that's, that's all happening in this movie. And when Alec is talking about the mom that got married, talking about the suicide, Alec leaves this movie and goes into a different one. And it was very powerful. But his like, performance was very good in that scene. It was great, but that's not, was really active. that's not the movie the rest of us were in. No. So we have mm-hmm. all of that. So that's just one segment of all of the nonsense. This movie's only like an hour and 40 minutes, folks. So this is... Too many. <laughs> Too many lot. minutes. There's more things. So then we also have his like burnout friends from Pawtucket. Um, I think we ran through their names. The only one that really matters. We got Mousy. Tommy the Wire, Descends, Drugs Delaney. <laughs> All the these burnouts who talk about girls in horrible ways and they hang out on a water tower and they're all kind of worthless. 
Um, he's hanging out with them. That's how he gets this run in with the law. And then we just, they just throw it in there for sh- just to add something else. His best friend, I think, as well, ultimately, he kind of says, drugs, just dies. And it yeah. is an afterthought where the, the head of the private school grabs him out of the shower and goes, oh, by the way, your friend drugs is dead. And then just like, He doesn't even say that. He's just like, hey, uh, I interrupted. He throws open the shower curtain very dramatically. Doesn't like wait for him in his room or just like, you're butt naked. And then mm-hmm. he's like, hey, uh, bad news. There was a car accident last night. Your friend drugs. And then he just walks away. Like he doesn't even say, hey, your friend died. He's like, your friend drugs. Bye. <laughs> he doesn't even complete the fucking line. That's, uh, it's, it's ridiculous. Well, there's some foreshadowing of his irresponsible driving a little earlier. I think he has. Is it uh, Dildo's little brother Jackie was was in like the back of a van? And yeah. He, like stops short. He's like, "Oh no!" And then he just starts, and, and then the wheelchair just like rolls to the front. He's like, "You okay, Jackie?" And then he like starts smoking weed while he's driving. I'm like, "Okay, this 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 kid. If your name's I'm drugs, sure. you shouldn't Jackie, be driving." Jackie wasn't even in. He wasn't in, in the car. The he van. backed into him. I thought <laughs> he, he was, was in the van. He was being towed by the behind. van. My fault. Yeah. My yeah. fault. Thought he was in the van. Okay. I don't know what he was smoking out of. <laughs> Like, that was a weird apparatus that he was smoking his weed from in the first place. It that was like, like one, one of those horns, like, that, that if, if you blew out, it goes, but if you blow in, you get high. <laughs> it kind of looked like was. Taj's uh, penis pump from the pre- last week's film. Kind of, with like a, with like a reed, like an yeah. oboe. Yeah, it was weird. For whatever reason. So we have all those kids. They're all his, like, low-life burner friends back in Pawtucket while he's in Cornwall. Then we have, and I use this term lightly, his friends at Cornwall. Very unclear why he's friends with anybody except for Irving slash Jizz, because mm-hmm. like apparently they're roommates, which we find out midway through the film. Mm-hmm. Um, Billy Fu, the millionaire who um, at one point, oh, and Wheeler, who's just some blonde kid that you would have assumed. Was that his name? Any, Wheeler, yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, in well, any other movie, he would have been the antagonist. He would have been the, the William Zapka of yes, the film. Yes, he looked mm-hmm. like William Zapka. Um, and they like, I guess, I don't know why, but they're friends and we don't really get to see any of his assimilation or struggles at Cornwall. No. He just has friends, helps out Jizz. Um, I don't know. So that's just like, could, could we know a little bit more there? At one point, yeah. Wheeler turns on everybody and it's so unclear weird. why. And then we finally find out, oh, Wheeler turns on everybody so he can get a recommendation and go to Yale. But After like, they know, shared that giant barrel smoke. Right. Remember that, Crooks, man? A, like, a 50 gallon drum, an oil drum under a tree. Of just God. stagnant water. Just <laughs> Look, man, yeah. I. It's just sitting there. Incredible. I've smoked out of my, my fair share of things in my, in my time. Uh, when I was in college, we were a big proponent of. We had a trash can that we turned into a gravity bong with. Um, no, you didn't. Like a, a so milk stupid. jug. Jesus. I mean, it fucking worked. It was it was phenomenal. My, my roommate Chuck at the time, whose name was not Chuck, not important. What to talk the about. fuck, Chuck? That's right. He yeah, he had like um, like a like a trash can from a kitchen, like a big trash can, and like a like a like a gallon of milk that he turned into a gravity bomb, and that was great. This thing looked ridiculous, and the fact that they did this under the tree didn't fucking matter. A giant storm cloud came out of the tree, so it's like you're not hiding anything, man. Yeah, a lot it's of the weed obvious. was very conspicuous. Yeah, I think I wrote that down. I'm like, how are you going to smoke out of something that big and not get caught after we were literally just told all yeah. the rules 
and you're gonna get like hours. Whatever. That's what people switch. Listen. That's what people switch switch to cocaine. So there's no smoke. You just be like, oh, the powder. The, it's it's uh, just uh, <laughs> smoke a cigarette. Listen, the, yeah, the the rules at this school and the way that they are sometimes very strict and sometimes not. He gets in deep shit for making a phone call after hours, and then later on in the movie. He and his buddies are fully smoking weed and drinking liquor in their dorm room in the middle of the goddamn day. I'm like, well, I mean, the rules just don't apply sometimes. And not to backtrack back to his Pawtucket friends, one of the rules is you can't go into town without permission. He is home all the time. Mm -hmm. He's hitchhiking home twice a month at least. Is that that okay? I don't understand how the school works. I'm not understanding how he gets home so readily. Like, I know hitchhiking was more of a thing in the 70s, but like, he never has a problem getting home whenever he feels like it. Yeah, my dad used to hitchhike all the, all the time in the 70s. And Man, he tells me. It's dude, totally fine. He's like, I hitchhike murders. across the country. So I that's know. what I was about to say. Pre-serial killers must have been pretty great to get No, there were active serial killers then. The oh, no, yeah, you were around killing people. You were totally but, getting murdered, potentially. No, but, right. Right. But, but Dildo was okay. He yeah, made it. Ride. We're like two different hillside stranglers in the same city. Eh, yeah, whatever. We're getting off topic here. So we have, and then the last segment of the movie, I will say, it's the Jane part, which we've already talked about. So here's my theory. And I think it's like he constantly has to go back and forth between like home and school and Jane and his dad because like they didn't actually want to spend any time doing character development. Like his mm. scenes with Jane, as we say, are like they're just hanging out somewhere like writing in a notebook or they're hanging out in this fort that they have and they're like snuggling under what a blanket and like, <laughs> like was that an abandoned home yeah and I why were there so many lit candles that could easily burn everything down yeah they an establishing shot from the outside i'm like okay we've not at all explained what this place is or where it is in relationship to the school in my mind there's a scene there's a scene of them like around christmas time where they're in there in like full-on jackets and scarves. So I'm like, okay, so is it like an abandoned home that has no heat and therefore the candles make sense for some light? Mm-hmm. They did not, I, I did not know what that place was. They never explained it once. It's obviously the abandoned house that you hang out in in the <laughs> 70s to smoke weed with your girlfriend. Like obviously, yeah, and they called that. it the fort. This is just, you didn't have one uh, of these in your home? We should be clear, to smoke weed and not have sex. Because they were not boning, which makes even less sense, given that it was the 70s. Yeah, I don't know. But so we have all these things. We're constantly going back and forth. I think it would have been more interesting if they picked, like, two out of these four things Uh to focus on and really dial in. If you had to choose, which two would you choose? I mean, for me... The movie would have made a lot more sense and carried a lot more like emotional weight if we never went back to Pawtucket once he left. Like if he would have left Pawtucket, then we get Jane and we get his time at Cornwall. If he wanted to have like one that that big party scene that they have where he comes back home, okay, here, here's how we're gonna do it. As a wrestling fan, they call this fantasy booking. All right, so I'm gonna explain how this movie would have worked if it was me making the film, having never made a film before. I'm better than the Fairley Brothers. Here's how I do it. In kayfabe. Yeah. In case kayfabe is alive. Kayfabe is still alive. So you go to Cornwall. He meets Jane. He has his whole thing with Jizz and Billy Foo and whoever you want to do there, Thunderbird. Then he comes home for that big party right before they have their finals, like one last blow off. 
and Jane like judges how he's grown up. She sees, okay, so like your friends are all fucking burnouts. This is the rundown piece of shit house that you're in. I'm pretty sure his brother is like 11 and drinking. Like she would have been like, okay, this is not the life that I want to be a part of after all. And there's your emotional conflict of which there was none for these two until the very end of the movie. So like, yeah, I think you pick those two. One more scene with his anonymous friends in Pawtucket. And that's all. We don't need to have this back and forth, constant nonsense. And I mean, while we're talking about Pawtucket, while I appreciated probably most of all the scenes with Alec Baldwin and his poker buddies, because they're like doing decent acting, didn't need any of that. The, the one time we had it in the very beginning where somehow Alec Baldwin knows what a dildo is, not what a bong is, mm. we could have had that one scene and then never seen those guys again and the movie would have been just fucking fine. No, you oh. said that it, I thought it was more like putting into context like where they were and what time period it was. when. Man, we got saw, that in the beginning where they talked yeah. about Woodward and Bernstein. Yeah, that stuff and like <laughs> old man Dutch being like, hey, lay off Nixon. He's a good guy. Like, sure, the, we got it. They're those, they're the, they're Archie those working Bunker. class guys and they're and those uh, ty- type of feelings, they just really put those out there in the forefront and at every poker scene after that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's definitely the same weird. Over again. Yeah, I think it's just supposed to give you an idea. That's supposed to be like, that's what it's like in Pawtucket. But he goes to school. Different. Yeah, I feel like <laughs> I actually, I would have liked to see more of the dad and the friends. Okay. Like I would have liked the other angle of the movie of like, all right, like he has such like, um, like more conflict with him and his dad and like the dad's friends and the fact that they're, he's basically like neglecting his children. He goes off to Cornwall, meets, meets Amy. I forget what her name is. Yeah, meets Amy. He's like, oh, maybe there's a glimpse of hope of like my life could be better than this situation. And then they kind of like fall in love, this and that. He goes back, maybe he brings her, I'm not sure, really don't care. Um, but then they're like, then you find <laughs> out like why he's this deadbeat guy, you know, like why he's made these life choices and he has to come to Jesus with his dad and like the the mom situation and all this stuff like there's there's a different version of the story so you don't need the cornwall friends at all you have I, like i mean like they can be in like one scene when he like goes back and then like just fine yeah <laughs> just I, fine. like i really don't understand what they brought to anything Not a goddamn thing is was drugs the comedy like yeah. was, was the, comedy the comedy was the whole first five minutes <laughs> like the first <laughs> five minutes some there lines were... later i don't know but yeah mm. I, I just think yeah like I, I don't know i don't know like if those notes the fairly brothers were getting notes or the director was getting notes from harvey weinstein like the whole entire time but it, yeah i think it was definitely like a tone issue and i think if like funny and hijinks i think you keep it only focused on like home friends or school friends because you can make like the silly things him getting acclimated if you're going for like the heartstrings, then it's gotta be like the Alec Baldwin stuff and and uh, Dildo being like a fish out of water at Cornwall and like trying to balance this. But yeah, like I think they were trying to be like too many things to too many people and they like missed every mark. Let me, let me um, for the listener, 
lay out kind of the the difference in tone that we get here because there was one scene in this movie that i thought was genuinely very funny and it's when i think he must be like the dean of the school or whatever is reading the letter that drugs has written to tim that guy's awesome yeah, he's reading this letter. I've seen him in other movies too, where I'm like, oh, this this fucking guy, man. This fucking I don't, guy. I don't know him, but like in this scene, he's reading a letter from a stoner to another stoner that is very centered on like all of um the like the things that are happening in Pawtucket, and it's him talking about you know I think he said at one point one of his friends said that he gave the stink finger to bunny cody and like this great weed that he smoked and all of this and that and then it's you know tim like responding to this stuff and blah 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 and he reads it very deadpan very much of a straight man and it's a funny fucking letter and you see like as it goes on tim is kind of like shrinking in the chair and he's like squirming around because he's so uncomfortable so we have that level of like really funny comedy and then maybe a half hour later tim and alec baldwin are almost going to come to blows because i know you were going to divorce mom before she shot herself like that these are two different fucking movies you can't have both of those scenes in the same movie the first scene could very well fit into rock and roll high school like it's that kind of silly comedy man drop drop some of this shit edit this movie out like I def- yeah, there's definitely things I could have flushed out a little bit more. But yeah, I yeah, I think that was just my main thing of could we have improved this movie? The, see, this is that feedback you get from your instructor where it's like, oh, this is how <laughs> you edit and make this a better story for everybody to uh, to read, to to take part in. Um, I don't know if yeah. we're selling on people actually ever watching this movie. It'd be interesting to see if like, oh, people do decide to rent it. And there's like an uptick in uh, outside Providence royalties. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. L- listen, listeners, please drop us a line if you ever actually yeah. do watch this movie. Yeah, holler at us if you actually get around to watching this thing because uh, I'm curious why. Mm-hmm. Um, Is yeah. it the music? Could be the music. Ooh, that's that's where do we go next? Do we want to do what's your problem? No, that's That's, uh, I forgot to talk about that earlier. Why another reason why the movie was tolerable and good to watch because there was a good song every seven minutes, (laughs) six to seven minutes. There was another song. I'm like, hey, that one. Hey, another one. There's another one. one like every other minute. So we can quickly do some mic check. Mic check one two one two. Mic check one two. This is one of those, as we say, since it's set in a different time, like cheat code movies. Yeah, it's got a cheat code, absolutely. um, I honestly like stopped keeping track because like when I'm in my notes, there's literally like I wrote down one song and then like two seconds later I had to write down another song. And then like two seconds later and I'm like, okay, I'm just shazamming things and I'm like not actually paying attention. (laughs) It's full Um, of bangers, man. Full of bangers. So I'll list some of the ones that I remember, but it starts with like Won't Get Fooled Again by The Who. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, then I think they're out at a club. So we get Rock the Boat, the disco song, which I was like, was disco a thing in 74? It was. I Googled yeah, it. it. Was. it another it was. genuinely funny scene of them yeah. in, the, in the club and the one dude not knowing how to dance with Bunny Cody, who's trying so hard to dance with him. Yeah. Funny. 
I'm I like, was All right. I could see this being good. Dana got a good pick in the first four minutes of the movie. <laughs> then what happened? Um, and then later on, when he has to like go to, I think he's on his way to going to, to um, Cornwall. It's Hold Your Head Up by Hold Argent. Your head up. Um, yeah, I think at some one. point they're talking about a g- girls, maybe. So it's like, do you know what I mean? That like Lee mm-hmm. Michael song. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think he's hitchhiking and we have Band on the Run. Um, mm. And then something else is happening. Oh, they're going to the football game. So it's like, take it easy with the Eagles. Um, we got some steel again. Again, like it just kind of keeps cycling through. We got two Skinnerd songs, Freebird and I think Sweet Home Alabama is what IMDb said, but I don't remember hearing Sweetbird. Uh, I don't remember that one. I read that one down there somewhere. I wrote that one down between Take It Easy and Freebird. Yeah. Oh, okay. Freebird's on the nose. It's when they're when they're having their memorial for drugs. So like yes. Freebird is what you play there, obviously. Yeah. Um and then there's some fog hat, there's some Step it, Steppenwolf's magic carpet ride, Doobie Brothers, yeah. Bad Finger, Yellow, like yeah, just like everything you would expect from a movie set in the seventies. Yeah. That yellow song is a Fairly Brothers uh specialty. They put it in sure. Kingpin during the uh bowling during the mm-hmm. there was there was that bowling uh, montage that that happens gonna be a showdown with uh, Woody Harrelson and uh, Bill Murray toward the end there it's pretty good and I mean personally there were a couple songs that I really appreciated hearing slow ride by fog hat is fucking great like I the the solo in that song anybody who knows me knows I'm a sucker for a good guitar solo that's a fun guitar solo I'd never um, heard of Foghat before until I, I was watching the, was it the VMAs or the, with, with, <laughs> with Jim Carrey, it's like, in, would it kill you Jim to play a little Foghat? Foghat. He's in costume. Regalia. That, um, yeah, that was pretty great. Once I heard of Foghat and I heard that song, I'm a fan. I like it. The slow ride is fucking boss. They had the original uh, Venus by Shocking Blue. I'm your Venus, I'm your fire, your desire. That was kind mm. of fun to hear. And then um, this one, I, I bring this up often and people are surprised by it until you re-listen to it. Um, Long Train Running by Doobie Brothers is a staple at any b-boy battle you go to. Anytime you go see like competitive breakdancers really getting down, that song will come on and they'll make it last for 30 fucking minutes. Like the drum oh, part of that yeah. is really great. Um, I don't, I've, I've been to... I don't even know how many dozens of battles in my life. And that one is played every time. And when it comes on, people lose their fucking mind. Like it is, there's a handful of songs that work that way. Most of them are James Brown. Um, there's a couple by like the incredible bongo band and uh, Jimmy Castor bunch, but long train running. Listen to that listeners right now. That song is fucking great. I love it. Every time I hear it. I get like some doobie brothers and other songs like confused. So. I just love Michael McDonald, that voice. Yeah. It was it was before he Yo, became a not rock too. It was before that version of him. I know it was before. I understand, yeah. but good, uh, good music. I mean, literally when I was about to fall asleep and stop paying attention, I'd be snapped back in on a nice little tune by <laughs> Leonard Skinner. Yeah. yeah. They could have saved a ton of money by doing some sound alikes, but uh, they did the full real versions and I appreciated that. Yeah. Appreciated. Yeah. Oh. It, it got the job done. Well, is that what six of the seven million went to? Probably. <laughs> Based on the stack of songs, unless they had like a deal with a record label saying, we'll take this one, this one, this one, this one, and this one. 
Yeah, you can't spend real money on this music. Like, uh, might see the soundtracks on Spotify and listen to it t- uh, tomorrow while I work. I mean, you got, um, some, you got some bangers, that's for sure. Yeah, so that's like one nice part of the movie. Um, yeah. We can switch back. Now back to, into the shit. Now that we've had that break, thinking of all these lovely songs from the 70s, I usually also, when like movies use songs, I always want to like check to make sure they are actually out. Um, during the time frame of the movie, I didn't check any of these, but you know, maybe I, I didn't, I'll let you yeah. guys know. I have the same thing though that I'm. I'm like, would that have been? That, would that have made sense? Um, Who played Snoop Dogg. <laughs> <laughs> um, so now we can get into what's your problem, which I will start first with a question. Should we judge these movies that happened in the past on a curve? Should we be more forgiving? Should we, like, it's not like, oh, when we watch a movie from, like, the late 90s now, we're like, ah, God. Like, this one was, like, legitimately set in the 1970s where none of us were alive. What, should, should we be nicer, kinder? We don't have to just a thought. But, but isn't the problem, isn't it, aren't we saying, like, what's problematic now? So, like, doesn't really matter? Well, yeah, here's the thing. This, I, I do think if you were to make a movie now about this time period, you might have the same level of problematic shit in it. I just think that now we would look at it and go, oh, you're doing that on purpose. Whereas back then it was like, well, I don't see the problem here. These are just how guys talk. So like, yeah, I think we do kind of grade on a curve because you're making a movie, you know, set in the 60s there's going to be some racist shit that would not fly now, but it's supposed to be uncomfortable to watch. This one felt aggressive anyway. Like even if we're grading on a curve, it's like every time we see these dudes talking, it's their only conversation these poker dudes have is who is gay and who is not. That's the only thing they talk about, except when they call Woodward and Bernstein Jew bastards. Like that is, Mm. this is the, this is their whole this is why they're friends, I think, is to guess who's gay. Yeah, so there's a lot of uh, listeners, a lot of homophobic stuff, which we'll get into. Oh, yeah. But I, like, I wonder, and just thinking about it, like, is it also meant to show like the juxtaposition between like old man Dumpy and his friends and dildos, where it's like they're just like cool, chill hippies smoking weed, mm-hmm. talking about whatever. No, no? When they were okay. when they were in the disco. They were homophobic as shit too. Oh, that's right. <laughs> They were doing the exact same shit in the disco. That yeah. was cross-generational homophobia back then. It's it, it, The old people were homophobic. The young people were homophobic, I guess. It was a yeah. thing. Yeah, that was everybody at that point. Yeah, I do have a note where I'm like, oh, yeah, well, I'm gay stuff. I'm a fag. I do have a note. Yeah, a lot, a lot of homo. Abraham Lincoln was, quote, yeah. queer as they come? What? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Because he had a beard. Because he had a beard. Was the are very well because Mousy had a beard and they're like, "What are yes. you uh, queer?" And it's like, yeah. "Queers need beards." I don't I mean, understand I, that. I mean, I know, I know that a beard is like you know your your fake girlfriend that you bring around your parents if right. you're gay and they don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that came from like growing a beard, so nobody would thought that you were gay. I I don't I wasn't around the time. I don't Ooh. know. I guess maybe. They oh. do say that to make you look less femme or whatever. I can't remember. Listen, the man, word. the village people, a lot of them huh. dudes had beards. Hmm. Yeah. A lot of them dudes had know. beards. Yeah. It just maybe sometimes it looks nice. If a well manicured beard just looks nice on a man. Um, 
but yeah, so there's a lot of just like anytime the card game's happening, there's a lot of like homophobic stuff. And then at one point, I think they're talking about Gomer Pyle, who is played by Jim Neighbors. <laughs> And Rock, <laughs> Rock Hudson, who truly, they are, like, yes. you eventually find out that they were gay. And just, like, talking about, like, oh, I can't believe they're gay, why are they, blah, blah, blah. And then at one point, I don't know if it happened to that card game or the next one, but George it's went, that one, I think. is it that one? And, like, yeah. so Norm from Cheers is like, and what if I'm gay? Or, and it was yeah. just like, did we need, like, it just seemed like well, such a weird. You ever seen him with a woman? He's been a bachelor his whole life. I'm like, uh oh, so, someone's well, about to get backed into a corner. Is something well, going to be admitted, or is going to? They gave him a chance to get out and be like, they gave don't him a admit it. Chances. Yeah, but but, but then he's just like, you, you know what? Fuck you guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I am. Yeah. So what? I, yeah. What What started the conversation was them being like outraged that Rock Hudson's gay. Like that's what started it, and then oh. him being like. Why do you guys care? I don't care. What do you mean you don't care? You don't care. And it's like, well, no, I don't. I don't. That doesn't bother me at all. I don't know him. And that's kind of what started it. And then he was like, well, what if I was gay? And like, well, but you're not, right? And he's like, well, what if I was? And then they give him a thousand chances to get out of it to the point that he's like, hey, guys, I'm gay. And they're like, no, you mean weird. You mean that you're weird, right? That's what you mean. He's like, no, like, I mean, I have sex with men. And their reaction to it is like, they, they literally throw shit at him and make him leave the house. Like, if he would have stayed there, he would have gotten brutally beaten by his friends. Yeah. Man. But then later, he's just like back in the game, like, it's fine. Next so time we seems, see him. So it seems nice. And then there's something, he, someone says something, and they call someone like a cocksucker. And. Yeah. George Wentz like, what do I have to do with that? And it's like, <laughs> they like play some like sitcom horn. It's like, blah, 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 blah. and like they fade out and there's something else. And I was like, what the? Such a but, letdown, my God. Like, why is this even happening at all? Yes. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. Unless it's my version of this movie where there's a heavier <laughs> emphasis on the dad and like his that situation, what it's like to live there, the, the sort of non-liberal, you know, tones of what's happening. Like, why are we doing this? That, I, so, None of yeah, this is it was, at all. Like, I'm, you I'm think thinking, they were like working backwards that it's like, oh, wouldn't it be funny if later we have this joke, George, like, ah, oh, we gotta make it happen. Like, we have to like maneuver <laughs> to make this happen. Or maybe this really happened in their okay. family and they're like let's kind of tell the story it's it doesn't really quite work but let's just tell the story because my dad's like yep i was at a poker game once a good friend of mine told me he was gay and this is and what like, happened you know i don't know i think maybe like the the reaction to his coming out was so like mean and violent that yeah. i'm like well that's the end of your friendship you'll never see these dudes again like they i think one dude threw a bottle at him like yeah. it, it wasn't like they threw like, a, bottle? Like a bag of chips. They threw Jeez. hard stuff at them. Yeah. Like, get the fuck out of here. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> like, Jesus Christ. And then he's just like playing cards with them again in the future. I'm like, dude, that, that, it was such a letdown and so fully unnecessary. And like I said before, all these card games after that first one could just have been cut from this fucking movie. None of that had to happen at all. 
I bet it was like, we need more Baldwin in this. We got to give I Alex so. something else to do. Or well, I don't that, oh, I mean, We, we, we have George Wendt. We got to use him. Yeah. It definitely, it's, so yeah. So let's just let's add that to another thing. So like, uh, old man Dumpy is terrible to his son, one of whom's in a wheelchair. The other is a huge stoner with horrible friends who are going nowhere, who gets sent to a private school in um, Connecticut to avoid jail time and uh they find out his mom committed suicide because the dad was going to divorce her because maybe she was crazy yeah. um one of your best druggy friends dies because he was probably high while driving a car <laughs> and one of your dad's best friends is gay and it's all fine like that's that's hilarious comedy guys these were age. all true comedy. stories they tried to fit it all into one 94 minute movie and uh, didn't quite uh, come together Save the I last think. dance of Jace. Just, just yeah. cram everything into one fucking movie. <laughs> just yeah. call it a comedy. Yeah, it was a lot. Um, and then there's also just the horrible way they talk about girls. Man. When Tim, they definitely are like talking about girls really badly in the beginning of the movie when it's like Bunny Cody and there's more like smelling fingers and she'll yeah. sleep with anybody. Smelling each other's fingers. That's just uh, Brian. You ever smell my fingers? I've no. never smelled your fingers. That Good. was a thing when I was Glad, in football. Because that was a thing back then, apparently. When I, when I played football, that was a thing because dudes used to say that, like, if you wore – it was mostly, like, the receivers. If you wore your receiver gloves for two-a-days and, like, we're all sweaty and gross, they'd be like, oh, this is what it smells like. And I'm like, she needs to go see a doctor. Like, it shouldn't, <laughs> <laughs> like it's not, not how it's supposed to be. Um, but since I was like 14, 15, I, that's not been a thing in my life. Thank God. Yeah. Um, yeah. No so sniffing each other's fingers. No. Nope. Uh, so that was quite that. disgusting. And then when Tim comes home from school and is like talking about Jane, the way they're like helmet, toilet. What about her fun bags? <laughs> just like, what the fuck? I mean, I've 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 heard fun bags before. Um, it's a weird term. I, I, I don't know why you would call them that. Uh, I've never heard someone refer to a face as her helmet. And if I ever heard a dude call a girl's butt her toilet, I'd be like, all right, you need to stop. Like, that's not, we're not calling it that. Um, it's I'm like not, in, in a, well, in, in, um, anywhere Hackers, you want to go. No, in Hackers, he calls it her pooper. And I'm like, oh, stop. <laughs> What are you doing? No, no, he says dumper and hackers. Even, <laughs> even, even worse. Thank God. Just call thanks, it butt. Thanks for um, correcting. No that. problem. I, I had to clarify. I'm sorry. Just say her butt. Um, yeah, I. This did not seem authentic to me at all. <laughs> like this did not seem like a way that anyone ever actually spoke. It was based on his like his life. That was a Weinstein line. I'm certain. I don't know, probably that horrible man. Um, but yeah, so that's just some <laughs> of the like the stuff with girls in general is just kind of weird. Um, we can you know quickly talk about some uh, quotable lines. Um, I'll do a couple of my favorite when he's uh, explaining why in our potent quotable section. What did you say? Um, you know, R.I.P. Alex Trebek for that. Yeah. Man, guys, twenty twenty just really knows it doesn't to, fucking stop. <laughs> knows how to punch you in the face and just kick you when you're down. It Walks needs up, to quit. Push up against the wall, gives you a big old right in the ribs, just right with the brass knuckles. On, so it's like ah shit. The twenty twenty giveth, 
Or no, 2020, take it, take it, take it. Give a little it. and then take thank some you. more. Thank you, give it. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, yeah mean, thank, thank God there was some give it in there. Yeah. You know, some beer that couldn't handle any more take it. <laughs> Anywho, so um, uh, when Tim, there's a lot of also random voiceover that pops in and out. I don't really know why, but in the front yeah, piece. Weird. Sorry, I forgot to mention that. <laughs> weird. <laughs> But he's explaining why his brother Jackie's in a wheelchair. He's like, Jackie had a freak accident. We were playing touch football and he fell off the roof. He wasn't I playing guess. touch football. He wasn't. He was on the roof playing and they were playing touch football and he fell like in the middle of the game. That's like, what I you know, again, this Or is... they were playing on the roof. Whatever, because there's like a dangling, is it a modifier or whatever? I don't know what the English uh, term for that is. The dangling Jackie from that roof. They, <laughs> they, this is the tone they establish in the beginning. This is like the very beginning. Okay, and again, the first four or five minutes, I'm like, Dana picked a good comedy I've never seen before. Like, I'm like, okay, that's that's a funny, a funny throwaway line. What happened to the rest of it? Where'd it go? I don't, I don't know. There's another good one. Um, also from Tim Dildo, he's talking about drugs because he asked drugs to help Jackie with his paper route while he was gone. And he goes, drugs was just more reliable. If he gave you his word, there's a 50-50 chance he'd come through. Oh, my God. Good. That's good. Cool. Get a friend named clever. Drugs. It's funny. Um, in the letter that uh, Crooks referenced earlier, um, so the dean is reading the letter, but then you also get flash scenes to drugs writing the letter. And he's listening to some song, which now I can't remember what it was. But he goes, you should see the song I'm listening to, man. <laughs> that was great. The, the best part of that is the, the dean is like, he reads a sentence that just ends in the middle. And he's like, this is now several hours later. <laughs> it's like he, he picks back up in the middle of his sentence or whatever. Like, well, number one, how would you know that? But number two, good comedy. He's like, man, and then I, well, and then it just stops. It was for some reason the letter was incriminating and I couldn't quite remember, but I think he like drugs <laughs> asked if he of, has drugs. I don't know. It, it referenced a lot of things that Tim said about the school where he's like he he calls it Cornhole Academy or whatever and like he just talks shit about the school and then he's like, Do you have any good drugs there or where do you get your your weed or what there's 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 incriminating stuff in there enough. I guess so. Anybody else have some lines they'd like to uh reference? There were a couple that I liked. Um, there was one that I that I took note of, a couple of Alec Baldwin lines that, again, like when you said he's in a different movie, these lines don't fucking belong in this movie, but they're like genuinely good lines. Uh, he forgets how old his son is. Like, what are you, 18, 19? He's like, I'm 17. You're 17. That's a great age to be. Yeah. <laughs> like that's, yeah. That's a good line from a movie from like a dad to a son. Where, you know, I, when I heard that, I'm like, yeah, looking back at 17, like, if I could talk to 17-year-old me, I'm like, hey, man, enjoy it. No one's counting on you for fucking anything. Like, that was during the martini part, man. Yeah, when they were just yeah. talking about life. Yeah. yeah. When they were just Love. leaving martinis <laughs> willy-nilly throughout Megan the bar. Megan is so bothered by the, the abandoned soldiers in the bar. Nice gin martini, like, very dry, just a little so oh, dry. Oh Do you think God. that dive bar's making a good <laughs> martini? Oh. They looked... They had the right glassware, which gets you like sixty percent with me. If if you put the right amount of gin and vermouth in there, buddy, I, that was I, a plastic I think, cup. I think we're gonna be all right. I think we're gonna be all right. <laughs> that was a plastic cup. Um, 
There was also another good one where it, later on in that same scene, he says he's explaining why he wanted to divorce his wife. And he says, it isn't easy being Ozzy when you ain't got a Harriet. And I'm like, all right, a dated reference to be sure. But like, that is good writing of like a way that I believe that's how this dad would explain what happened to his kid. And then from there, it gets very serious about like how she's depressed. Maybe she's got some agoraphobia going on. She's a mess. Um, And there was one other line that uh, Kavich says, and with me being kind of a, a political nerd, it's a direct reference to like the McCarthy era. Right, come Are you now, yeah. or have you ever been gay? <laughs> Kavich to George Wynn. Are you now, or have you ever been a member of the Communist Party? Exactly that. Yeah, that's, I mean, and gay, based on what they said earlier in the movie about Nixon, I mean, that's, that's quality right in there. Else? <laughs> just one for me just at, at, at the end when he gets the acceptance to the community college and he's like look what you did you see what you did here yeah well maybe if i can transfer to you know like a regular college where people sleep over and shit i'm like people yeah that's, sleep over. that's that's the way that i would treat <laughs> that if i was him that's the way i would treat the possibility of going to a four-year school someday a regular college people yeah. sleep over yeah and shit yeah. and shit and shit um i think we mentioned this earlier i don't know if i mentioned the whole line but when alec baldwin at the end again he's like kind of straddling the saturday night live character to like the actual heartfelt character here uh, and he says sex is like chinese dinner it ain't over till you both get your cookies well i think that's just good advice very good advice quality this- advice yeah. Technically, what he said is making sex. <laughs> when you're making sex, I'm like, oh, Jesus. Making sex. Well, it's oh. been a while. He doesn't have his hair in anymore. She killed herself. Yeah, he used to make sex with his wife, and now she's dead. So yep. he doesn't make sex anymore with anybody. Okay, I have one last one. It's really just kind of something for my fiance, who, like, unfortunately does not listen to this podcast. But, um, <laughs> it's harsh. But I'm still going to say it. Is when, so like, um, Jane is like recounting when they were driving um, in this, like the car back to school and how like her parents thought Tim was so funny because he was making jokes that like, oh, he wants to go to Arizona because it's by the, by the ocean or on the water. Or on the water, yeah. That's and Irving, enough. and there's like a map and you see the map and like, it's just a map of America. So it's just like <laughs> nothing there. And Irving's like that gray part at the bottom that's Mexico. And he goes, still? What was the Alamo for? <laughs> right. So my boyfriend, or fiance makes fun of me because I like didn't really understand what the Alamo was. I'm like, they don't teach this in New Jersey. Yeah. Oh, no. But you live in Austin now. I've been you to the remember. Alamo now, but you I was just like, what are we doing? What happens yeah. here? I don't understand. No, it doesn't I... matter what happened. You just, you just have to remember. That's all, that's all they care about. When I was a kid. <laughs> oh, no, no. Spring, I'm not <laughs> outside of Houston. The my, my favorite trip ever was a trip to the Alamo that we took. Like it was such a big deal. I got like a, a replica flintlock pistol that looked way too much like a real gun for a little black kid to own. Oh. Uh, don't know how I pulled that off, but um, yeah, I, the Alamo is very much ingrained in my mind from like my youth. But okay, I'm just but, telling you, they did not teach it in New Jersey. I've never, I believe did not that. know what was happening. So. <laughs> I knew the Alamo, but like. 
go back as an adult, Crooks. It's small. It is little. Oh. It's like that. I was like this. I was like, where's yeah. the? Is this just like the entry point or what? No, you, yeah. you, you think like it's like five or six stories. I stayed at a hotel right across when I was in San Antonio one night, and I look across, I'm like, what is that? I'm like yeah. six stories up. That thing's like half what the fuck story. is that? Yeah, what is that? They defend. How many died defending that? I'm kidding. Texas yeah. forever. So on. <laughs> Remember the Alamo. Yeah. So I just had to quote that line. But yeah, he was like, still? What was, uh, it, it gave me a chuckle and I wrote it down. Um, you would have thought Santa Ana would just like walk around. It's nothing big. Santa Annie. Just go around. <laughs> just no gentle Santa Ana. Speaking of Texas uh, Tuesday, it's Tim Riggins Tuesday. So uh, well, There you go. Tim Riggins um, himself. Yeah. I think, I think that's forever. I think that's it. Any anything else anybody would like to say about outside Providence? Anything I missed? Any major? No, I don't think. I think we covered it all. all. I mean, I I have two questions. Do we have time? Yeah, yeah. Go for it. Couple more minutes. Okay, I literally only wrote like. Oh, that's <laughs> like post-it note. Like seven like sentences. Three pages of notes. A yeah. lot of it just became questions towards the end, though. Yeah. Um. Oh, this is a quote. Sorry, I forgot this, but I'm gonna, I have to say it. This guy gets more beaver than the Hoover Dam. I forget oh. who said that, but I was like, uh, uh. that was that was Kavich, I think. It was one of the guys that we're talking about, uh, Rock Hudson. Oh, that's no, right. what, he gets more beaver than the Hoover Dam, right? They no, they were talking about uh, nicknames that they gave to people. Like a lot of it, they were embarrassing nicknames. I forgot. We called this guy. How come like dipshit? What do they call him? <laughs> It's, it's a really embarrassing nickname, and then he's like, he gets more. Oh, that's him. right. It's when yeah. he's making jizz relocated. His name is Jizz. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Oh. I, that's right. Oh my god. Yeah. I'm, I'm anyway. happy we didn't talk about Jizz. Dip, yep. Dipshit's a terrible nickname. What am I talking about? Yeah. Um, <laughs> jizz. I'm. I'm not gonna bring that up. Um. But my actually, the one thing I thought was like really nice was nice, but like in, weird was like he was talking about how he was being like a jerk to his brother. But he was like, well, I want to do that so he doesn't feel bad for himself. And he actually like, yeah. you know, grows up normal. And gotcha. so again, again, like you crooks, like the first like seven minutes, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, interesting. This could be like a goodwill hunting angle, like where we're going, you know. It was genuinely up until they got to Cornwall. Because the first mm-hmm. couple of minutes, you get you get the funny voiceover. You get yep. the the best depiction of what I'm going to call hard scrabble I've ever seen. The opening scene of this movie, all the color is super washed out. Everything looks like it's kind of run down and falling apart. You understand the life that a young Joe Biden probably lived in Scranton. <laughs> like it looks hard scrabble as shit. And then like. They they have this whole scene where the dad doesn't know what a bong is. They go to a horn. You play music with it. He has to like try to play a song on his bong, which is kind of funny. And then they go to the disco, and you see the bad dancing. And then they're in this car, hot boxing it in a way that is beyond irresponsible to the point that he can't see because there's so much smoke in the car. And he crashes into a cop car. That first like five or six minute segment, I'm like, okay, we're gonna have a really kind of offbeat period piece comedy here. I could I could like a lot of this, yes. and then you get to the Cornwall, and then it's like, okay, guys, it's time for a serious drama now. 
And it's like, well, the whole the whole mood just completely changes everywhere. It 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 was a shocking change, but yeah, yeah. Thanks yeah. a lot. <laughs> I thought this movie was better. Well, like, was I high you know, that's when what, I was watching this in college? But like, we don't smoke weed at the end. Hey, we would smoke it. If you only watched like ten to thirty <laughs> minute segments at a time, I could see why you think it was good. Yeah. This could have been a decent TV show on the now defunct Quibi. Quibi's already gone, guys. It's already over. Two billion dollars up and smoke. Maybe we just like put it on and then he'd like get talking and then he'd be like, oh, it's that scene again. I don't know. He's got a dart in his face. Oh, yeah. I think that's the the hair jizz from something about like we need something with the face and the head and weird. Stick a fucking dart in his head. Put a Um, a dart in his face. Yeah. Oh, Jesus okay. Christ. Okay. Guys, um, yeah. One of the things that we like to do on this podcast is take a look at a character who might have had like a big role and see if this was the start of big things for them or kind of the peak of their whole career. So it is time for an IMDB deep dive. Dana, who are we diving on this week? I don't know. This is like a tough one because like no one had like George went Alec Baldwin and Richard Jenkins are like <laughs> the only careers. people who had careers. And Amy Smart. We already like I feel like Amy was in Varsity Blues. I feel like we've already yeah. done her. We've covered so I was torn between a couple people, but I think I'm gonna go with um, you know, could have been the the twenty first century Zapka of the world. And I don't know why okay. he didn't pivot. Um, we're going with Gabriel Mann, who played Wheeler. Okay. And I don't know if it's the beginning of big things. It's the beginning of things. He has constantly worked, um, you know, this whole entire time. Uh, so he's in this movie, and then he gets some other things. He's like Josie and the Pussycats. He's in that one. Um, he's in the Born Identity, uh, the Life of David Gale. Is that? Oh, that's like a weird Kevin Spacey movie. He was in that. Oh yeah, about the death penalty. That yeah. one. Yeah. Um, oh, heavy. Born Supremacy. It's a bummer. <laughs> yeah, it's a bummer. He's in Born Supremacy. Uh, let's see what else. He's on Mad Men for a bit. Um, really? Yeah. No, I thought on... I recognized him, and I like. He has one of those faces. Yeah. Yeah, he's on Legend of the Seeker. I think that's a cartoon, so I don't know if I should count mm-hmm. that. Uh, he was on the TV show Revenge, which I watched for a little bit. So like that, that's good. Ray Donovan. So he gets onto that. That's pretty okay. Big do- another bo- another stuff. Boston connection. Ray yeah. Donovan. That's Ray big. Donovan right there. <laughs> um, and then I don't know if anybody watched this Netflix show that was really bad, but Renee Zellweger was in it. Uh, what if? <gasps> yes, I watched that piece of trash. My God, that was bad, but it was fun. He's in that, and then he was on the Batwoman TV show with Ruby Rose. Okay. So not bad for what is his name again? Uh, <laughs> Gabriel Bad. Not bad for Gabriel. I was supposed to say Wheeler. Um, one of the good only, for him. His character name really stuck in my brain, so that's good. Um, but yeah, Gabriel Man, nice job, dude. Way Ooh, to keep bravo. keep it working. Better than Sean Hattusi. Um, <laughs> yeah, he was in stuff, but I don't. Yeah, listeners, that. if you haven't watched What If, you can watch the whole thing in like a <laughs> one afternoon. Watch that fucking show. The, I mean, they they basically turn Renee Zellweger into like a mustache twirling Disney villain. There's like a lightning storm whenever she's on screen. 
It's a I lot. Did she fly someone to like her private vineyard on a helicopter? I don't know. I didn't mm-hmm. get that far. It was, man, like, what the that show. Woof. Man, I should rewatch that and just get real hammered. That's a that's a fun, fun fucking ride. That was a weird one. Oh, yeah. yeah, there you go. Um, well, guys, that does bring us to the end of this week's episode. And just like the end of the school year, that means it's time to hand out some superlatives. Um, as a, as a, as a, to start off, it was hard because I didn't know a lot of these characters' names. So I only did like four of these. Um, and even then it was tough because there was no development for any of these characters. So Drugs uh, is dead, so he's dead. <laughs> Drugs most likely to die. Um, so Jackie is most likely to become a beloved local after delivering newspapers in his wheelchair for 50 years. Irving is most likely to be very cagey about his past the second he leaves Cornwall. Uh, listeners, Irving is Jizz, so he will no longer be known as Jizz once he leaves Cornwall and not talk about his life at all. Tim is most likely to only complete one semester at junior college. And Jane is most likely to go to Brown and realize there are so many better dudes out there than Tim. I don't think that relationship is going to last once she's at Brown. He's going to be a weird townie who does drugs. Yeah, she's like not going to want to bring him. No, I don't know why she likes him in the first fucking place. But, you know, that is what it is. Um, Dave, the next pick is yours. What are we going to watch next week? I really just want to keep everything happy i want to watch something fun i want to watch something that makes me happy That's so we're going a couple years forward from this one no I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna try something weird i'm gonna try a good movie that i liked that i've seen before and that i think other people like too um from 2001 we're gonna watch legally blonde oh, okay and we're, and we're gonna talk about it that's okay because I, I remember like- watching that back in my sophomore year of high school and be like you know what not for me. This movie's not made for me, but it's still good. I like it. So, um, can't wait. I feel like Dave and I switched roles this week, and I picked the weird, obscure <laughs> movie that no one's going to pick. That's why. No, no that's one's going to hear this episode. We have one <laughs> listener to this, and it's going to be Bobby Lesh. And I decided to uh, pick a movie that's like a hit that people actually like. Too Man, much. I've, I've, you know, truth Thanks, time, Dave. I've never seen that movie. So, Whoa, I know. Out of here. I know. I had um, uh, a girlfriend in college, not the one with the weird sex preamble, who um, she had a handful of DVDs that she wanted to watch. And this was in the list. And it was like this um, Orange County and In Her Shoes. And I've watched Orange County and In Her Shoes many, many, many times and never watched Legally Blonde. So this will be something. I know Jennifer Coolidge is in it. So. Oh, wow. Oh, oh wow. <laughs> Also, Sex Preamble, it's the name of a band. Like, I think that's I mean, <laughs> listen, if like this was Parks and Recreation, band, yeah, like, the Sex Preamble, it sounds like a Parliament Company cover now. band. The Sex Preamble. <laughs> no, no, it's got to be smooth. It's smooth. You got to put on the Barry White, like from no. Van Wilder. Ba- Barry White and Sex Oils. <laughs> it, really, it really does sound like a Parliament, a parliament cover wow, band. Wow, wow, the Preamble wow, part sounds wow, like Parliament. Wow, wow, wow. I don't know. Exactly that. I, no, sure. I mean, that's not what a bass sounds like, but that's a, that's a wah pedal. Uh, <laughs> All right. We've got off the rails. Guys, uh, that does it for this week's episode. 
if you like what you heard, tell a friend. Uh, be sure to subscribe. Give us a five-star rating. Leave us a nice review. And then pop on over to Twitter and Instagram. Uh, follow us at Recapping Gown Pod. That is R-E-C-A-P-N-G-O-W-N-P-O-D. And if you didn't like what you heard, in the words of Mr. Funderburk, who do you think you are, you insubordinate little twit? Take it easy, millennials. We'll see you next week. <laughs>